all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. You know, hello everybody. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ. Real talk. I want to talk about something that I usually try to bring home or try to bring an understanding to my listeners. Basically, the church, the body of Christ, uh, grace teachers. Now, what do I mean when I say uh, grace teachers? Grace teachers are the ones that believe that the gospel of the Apostle Paul's teachings, saved by grace, is the way to follow and is the correct way of salvation. That's what I mean by grace teachers. We fall on the 13 letters and the principles of Paul. That does not mean that we don't hold the whole Bible accountable or we don't read the rest of the 66 books. That does not mean that. So don't get twisted on that. It does not mean that. Let me get that straight. It just means we understand the differences of the programs of the teachings of the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles. Uh, and not only the Gentiles, but just say the nation. So I want to get this straight. I think we have, uh, we lead a little misunderstanding when we, when we talk about the Gentiles all the time. Just, I like to just say the nations, meaning the whole world, every nation that's in the world has an accessible right to the grace gospel, including the Jews, including Israel. Now, I don't, the reason I'm putting it this way because a lot of times I believe I might, I might be guilty of this or other grace teachers might sound this way, like we excluding Israel when we say Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. Gentiles just mean any nation that's not a Jew. That does not mean that the Jews are excluded for salvation today. That only means that a Jew or anyone from Israel is no different than the Gentiles. So right now they're in the category of Gentiles now. They are not a favored nation today like they was under the Kindle program or like they will continue to be when they are reborn under the new covenant and the upcoming millennial reign during the tribulation period. Okay, so for now. The Jews are not a favorite. They are part, they are just part of any other nation, any other Gentile nation. So the only way, uh, the Jews or individually they can get saved now, they don't have, they don't get saved, uh, as a nation now, like in the kingdom program. They have to go through the same concepts as a Gentile individually. So in other words, the gospel of grace is for the whole world, including Jews, okay? So there's no favorite nation today, right now. Now, in the future, yes, 
The focus on the millennium kingdom will be back on Israel as a favorite nation because that's the prophesied kingdom program. But under grace, there's no favorite nation. There's no favorite, especially many people think it's the United States. No, the United States never was. That's another teaching in itself. But there's no favorite nation in the eyes of God today. Favorite, not favorite. God don't have a favorite. He might have favored a nation like he did Israel. But there's no favorite, F-A-V-O-R-E-D, nation under the eyes of God today. Everybody has to get saved the same way. Okay. So that's what I mean when I, when I mean grace teaches. We follow that concept because grace just means we're not under the law. There's no kingdom, there's no requirements, there's no laws, there's no covenants. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? That's what I mean by grace teaching. It might sound like an occult or something, a sect or something, but no, but this is the, this is the program or you may say the administrational dispensation that we're under. The whole world is under the teachings of the Apostle Paul when it comes to concepts. When it comes to guidelines, when it comes to step, when it comes to salvation and different things of how we should walk, the guidelines can be found only in Paul's 13 letters. That's what I mean by grace believers. Study using the term dispensationalist. I don't like using that term because it's abused. I like to use just grace teachers or, you know, what I believe or what we believe. OK, I hope I get that out there. Now, what I want to talk about today that's a real big problem when it comes to grace teachers. Maybe it's a denominational, maybe a traditional type of background type of issue like a lot of us still suffer with, including myself at times, is forgiveness. Man, <laughs> is this thing about forgiveness. <sighs> now, I'm going to be honest with you. You have three different ways that the so-called dispensational teachers look at dispensationalism and the gospel. It's called, they are called the Acts 2 believers. The mid-Acts, which is between Acts 9 and Acts 13, I, I fall closer to that category, even though I don't like to call it that name. And then you got the Acts 28 believers of different types of the way dispensationalists teachers are teaching, but I'm not going to talk about that. I only have a few minutes, okay? Uh, all, the majority of the agreement with dispensational, dispensational teaching is basically that we all fall in the category that we're not under the law. We all fall in the category that, you know, all men's sins was forgiven. But how all means forgiven now? Who's a man? Who is the who is forgiven? Is that becomes the issue when it comes to belief? The difference. The majority of dispensational teachers are limited believers. Now, what that means is they feel us. You have to be saved to get forgiveness, full forgiveness, or they believe. You are forgiven, but it only becomes in true fruition when you believe. So, in other words, Jesus died on the cross for all men's sins, all mankind's sins. He forgave everybody for their sins, okay? But it can only be, it can only come to fruition or come to life after you believe. 
See, that's what a lot of most dispensational sensationists or grace teachers, let me go back there, believe, okay? Most believe that concept. Okay, I got seven minutes. So, you might hear me or someone like Trey Cersei and, I, and a few others talk about forgiveness. My stand on forgiveness is that everyone's sins was forgiven at the cross. Everybody's sins was put upon Jesus Christ at the cross. That's my belief. That's my confession of what forgiveness is. There's no one today on this earth that has been charged with sins according to 2 Corinthians 19. Very clearly said, God is not imputing no trespasses against the world. The world means everybody on this earth. Correct? So I stand on all mankind's sins is forgiven. Now, what the Second Corinthians 5 and 19 says that God is not imputing. Imputing means he's not counting against or he's not charging any man or any woman with their sins today because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And we're not under any law. So everybody's sins is forgiven. Let's stay focused on forgiveness. See, he's not charged. You might say the term forgiveness is not mentioned. And the only way you could be forgiven of your sins is not to be charged for your sins. Let me say this again. The only way to be forgiven of sins is not to be penalized or charged for your sins. Let me give you an example. If I forgive you for something, does it make you not guilty of doing it? No, you are still guilty. You are still wretched. You are still wrong for doing it. I just forgave you. Just look at the court of law. When a mother comes to that killer, that murder, that murder, that child of hers and say, I forgive you. Does that make that person not guilty? No, he still will go to jail unless they acquit him. Unless they acquit him themselves. Okay? He will still go to jail. So therefore, he is still guilty. Don't get forgiveness and guilty mixed up. Forgiveness does not merit or equal not guilty. You are still guilty. You are still wretched and wicked. Whatever. You are in the eyes of God. He just not charging you for that. He had to get rid of that first. You still will sin. You still are in the sin nature. You still will do sinful things. You have just been forgiven. It happens in course. It happens every day. We forgive people every day. Don't mean we go back hanging with them and don't mean we let them back in our homes. We just have forgiven them. You got that right. They are still not, they are still guilty. They just have been forgiven. The same thing applies spiritually in the Bible. When the Bible talks about 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, the way I see this, you have been forgiven of your trespasses. God is not charging you with any sins, past, present, and future, under grace, under the teachers of Paul only, under grace. See, this is a dispensational thing. This is an administration of forgiveness following. Under grace, no one has been charged with sins, no man. There's no 
conditions. There's nowhere in Paul's teaching that says you must be saved first for your sins to be forgiven. Some people believe that they would throw out scriptures, but Paul does not teach that. When he mentions forgiveness of the believers, it's because they was forgiven. That's how they was able to be saved, because they was forgiven first. There's no salvation first of their forgiveness. Okay? There's not. It doesn't go like that under the dispensation of grace. Okay? Under the dispensation of grace. The big problem with this is, and this, I believe it will continue to uh, go this way, is many grace teachers still believe that forgiveness means salvation or Teaching that everyone's sins are forgiven is also saying that they are saved. So they might think it's the same teaching of a universalist type of teaching, which I have just read an article about that. That this brother that we agree just about on everything, that's not that on, that's that doesn't mean that, you know, who was right. But, you know, we agree on the majority of things. But when it comes to grace teachings on forgiveness, that's when there's a big difference with the remnant of grace teachers when it comes to the term forgiveness. That's why I teach on forgiveness so much and so often because of the misunderstanding of forgiveness equally, equally salvation. So I will say this again and I will continue to keep repeating this. Because you have been forgiven does not mean that you are justified. Because you have been forgiven does not mean you are righteous in the eyes of God. Glorified future, anything like that. It does not mean none of that under grace. Okay, it did not mean that under the law. It just means you have been forgiven of your sins. Not saved. Not justified. None of that. It just means you have been forgiven. Forgiveness under grace just means that the doors has been opened or a way has been paved for you to be saved. Now, what's true about salvation? You must believe first for salvation, not forgiveness. Let me say this again. To be saved, yes, the only thing you must do is believe it. You must believe what Jesus done. You must believe that he forgave you for all your sins, but not because that's going to make you forgiven. You just have to believe that he saved you and done all that. Your forgiveness already has been done. That's how come. That's what made it able you able to be saved. Okay, that's what I want to get straight out there, so you can have something to follow on. This is Joseph Brownie trying to get an explanation of forgiveness. Of sins that's been taken care of on the cross. Everybody in the world's sins have been already forgiven, but that does not make you justified or saved. Okay, you must believe for salvation. God bless you. Peace out. Real talk. Bye bye. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.